It's October 26th, and this is the 18th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Wow, was UFC 254 good? Uh, the main event, Khabib versus Gaethje, was very, very interesting. You know, everyone was, was wondering what was going to happen. How was Justin Gaethje going to deal with Khabib's takedowns? And, you know, how was Khabib going to go in there and get it done? And, uh, well, we saw it, you know, Khabib put a wild pressure on Gaethje and, and Gaethje kind of, in the beginning, it looked like he was doing a good thing, a good job of, of slowing things down, you know, trying to work in, in some, sh- uh, good strikes. But after, you know, a good amount of the first round went through, um, Khabib's pace just had Justin Gaethje kind of running away. Um, Justin Gaethje did get some great leg kicks in, uh, definitely compromised the front leg of, of uh, Habib, and uh, but but the problem was was the pace was you know too high. Gaethje was was worried about the takedown. You could see it. He did do a good job of scrambling uh, in the first round, um, you know, defending some. Uh, his footwork looked good, but he just was was moving too much, and you could see that he was getting tired. Uh, Khabib was just putting so much forward pressure and, you know, you could tell Gaethje wanted to and Gaethje threw some nice strikes. Khabib threw a good amount of strikes. Um, but when you saw Khabib take down Gaethje in the first round and how fast he, he was moving and transitioning, uh, to get a submission, you knew Justin Gaethje cannot get taken down the rest of the fight because look how fast, you know, he almost subbed him in the first round. Um, so there was no really defensive jujitsu by Justin Gaethje. He did do all right, uh, as far as stopping the takedown right away. At the end of the first round, he got taken down. So Habib, smartly enough in the second round, went right to it, you know, and, and he did it and transitioned very fast and submitted Gaethje with a triangle choke and, and put him out, um, it was such an impressive performance by Habib, you know, really showing his ground game, not even his wrestling. You know, he could have beat up Gaethje a little bit on the ground. He just wanted to go in there and get get out and win, and you saw it. Uh, his, his submission attacks were unbelievable, you know, and I think that's a lot of the case. I think, you know, when we've looked at past fights of Habib, we're like, oh, you know, he, so-and-so lasted this long. So I think it's all by choice. You know, he could have gotten all these guys out of there pretty fast. I think he just sometimes wants to fight a little bit. You know, you do this much training, why not get a little bit of a reward and perform for a little bit? Um, you know, I'm very happy for Habib. I, I do think retirement was, was a good choice, you know, for all the reasons that he mentioned. And also from a fighting perspective, the only other fight for him would be the GSP fight. And and I know in a sense that they could have got it done, but it's also a stretch. Um, and I know people want to see him get to 30, you know, but it, it's basically the same thing. I mean, he wiped through that whole entire lightweight division. There's not not one thing really left for him in that division. Maybe Tony Ferguson, but he just beat a guy who beat Tony Ferguson. Uh, I think the only really intriguing thing about that Tony Ferguson fight with Habib is that Ferguson has good jujitsu, and the ground game would have been fun to see. But Habib has done a lot in the division. He's done 
so much. There's really not much left for him. Um, and, and he promised his mother he wouldn't fight again. So I like that he's a man of his word. And I think he's going to say to it. Now, could we see him in the future years from now? You know, I, he's only 32. He's young. Could we see him in two, three years? You know, I'm sure he'll still be in great shape. Uh, I, I'd imagine he'd maybe even improve some things, you know. I, I think he's going to help coach. I think he's still going to be in the room. I think he'll still go to, uh, you know, AKA and, and help out those guys. So I would imagine he's going to maybe even improve his game still, even though he's not competing. Could we see him in the future? You know, maybe a new a new fighter, uh, you know, comes through the ranks and, and inspires him to come back. Possibly. He's young, you know. Um, now, I know he doesn't want to fight because his father is not here anymore. But maybe after time, that could change. Maybe not. And if not, I don't discredit him. I don't wish he would come back. I, I think that whatever decisions he make moving forward uh, is good for him and uh it was a pleasure watching him you know i i was always the guy who kind of rooted against him and and in this fight i really didn't too much you know i love justin gaethje but i really was happy with how habib finished his career and and good for him you know and for justin gaethje in this fight it was a little bit of you know you can't discredit him habib's fantastic you know, you just can't. Uh, you would have liked to seen him slow it down a little bit because uh, he was doing all right with with uh, stopping Habib's takes that, takedowns. But in you know in the first round, but he was just too frantic, too moving around. And you know he did come out in the first round with a lower stance. I think he just changed some things up. I mean, he did have Habib's leg hurt. You know, he he was doing some great things and also some things not so great. You know, on, on the two of the judges' scorecards for the first round, he won. So he's the second fighter who has, you know, officially beat, you know, won a round against Habib other than Connor. So credit to Justin Gaethje there. But, you know, for Justin Gaethje, I think what he really needed to do there was slow things down, kind of press forward a little bit, slow it down. Don't move around so much. Slow it down. Move forward. When Habib comes in, try and push him off, throw the strikes. You know, he landed some nice strikes to, to Habib, and he was landing some nice leg kicks. He was getting Habib's leg hurt. Um, but obviously, it just it just wasn't enough, uh, and the ground defense wasn't good enough. You know, his takedown defense was somewhat there, but when Habib gets you down, he shows he's the most dominant guy on the ground in the world. And his forward pressure, and he threw some nice strikes too. Don't discredit Habib's strikes in that fight. They were pretty nice against Justin Gaethje. Another thing I'll mention is that Habib had, I think, two broken toes or something broke in his foot uh, three weeks before this fight, and he really didn't tell anyone and and, and competed. And that's a, just a whole nother level of toughness that, that shows. You know... The whole uh, goat and pound for pound thing is very difficult for me to break down because, you know, Habib is obviously undefeated and he's never really looked not dominant in a fight. So I'd say it's very tough. I definitely think he's up there in both categories. To me, I really think, you know, if you're the greatest of all time, I think you need to meet your match at some point and 
you know, I, I think you need to overcome some adversity to, to become that. For me, if you're great, what makes a great champion, what makes you a great fighter is when you can be losing or you could be down or you could be dealing with adversity in a fight. I know Habib has dealt with controversy and, and, and adversity, you know, with the passing of his father, but we've never seen him with really adversity in a fight. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, when I think of fighters, you know, maybe they lost. Maybe they need to come back after a loss and win. Maybe they're losing in the fight and then they come back and win. You know, win when they're down. Um, I, to me, that's what makes a GOAT. That's what makes the greatest of all time. I do believe Khabib's up there. You know, to be that dominant, I do believe you're up there. But I don't know. I, I just think he's definitely in the top three. You know, uh, it's tough, though. I'm going to save that for another time and uh, kind of break that down another time. And for pound for pound, you know, I, I think right now he could be on top of the pound for pound list. You know, he's ranked number two. It's a question about John Jones. Now, the difference for me is John Jones has defended more titles, uh, you know, won overall more championships. Habib's only defended three times. Um, so for me, and, and another thing is that Habib has only, you know, competed at lightweight and he's even missed the weight sometimes, you know, earlier in his career in the UFC. So pound for pound, it's a little difficult because uh, for me, I, I think, you know, if you could compete at more, you know, weight levels and or weight divisions rather and win and, and maybe win championships, that really proves your pound for pound ranking so you know and john jones is now going to move up to heavyweight so i i think it's hard with the sample sizes to to put khabib up there past john jones you know i i definitely think he's up there in in both categories go and uh pound for pound but i'll save all that talk for a little bit of another time i just want to you know briefly touch on it just because i i definitely think he's up there but i don't quite know if you could put him over john jones on the pound for pound list right now and the greatest of all time status i don't know if you could put him over gsp that's just my opinion i do think in the greatest of all time status though he's better than john jones and i know that's controversial uh, contradiction but with the greatest of all time i don't think you could you know have tested for for steroids so that takes it out of the, the the question pound for pound list is a is a current list uh, and John obviously has dealt with that. It's over with. And, you know, now he's been clean for his past two fight, you know, few fights. So it's a little bit of a different story. Um, so we'll see. And obviously John's going to continue fighting and, and Habib is now retired. So interesting, but I'll save it for another time. So, I'll, you know, there's you could go on and on talking about Habib versus Gaethje. Overall, it was a beautiful fight beautiful moment for habib after the fight um and i you know gaethje's gonna bounce back from this he's ready to fight you know he's probably not super happy with his performance but gaethje's not going anywhere anytime soon so for the co-main event beautiful 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 performance by robert whitaker you know i really was confident in whitaker beating cannoneer you know cannoneer obviously is dangerous but whitaker to me is just He's the best 185-pound fighter besides Israel Adesanya. So I just had a feeling he could beat Cannonier in every aspect. Uh, Whitaker got, you know, stuck to his game plan, did what he did, uh, danced his dance, and won the fight. You know, he basically beat him in every aspect. You know, and Cannonier looked okay. He definitely was beating up Whitaker's leg, but 
when Whitaker was was uh, able to do things everything that he wanted it was messing up Cannonier and Cannonier didn't quite know what to do he didn't let his hands go and um Whitaker was just tough taking the leg kicks and and just was striking Cannonier out striking Cannonier and you know he rocked Cannonier with that leg ki- uh, you know head kick and a combo- combination leading up to it and it was just a beautiful performance um and you know for Whitaker he beat the guy, you know, Adesanya was, has been calling his shots, you know, who he wants to fight, who he's going to fight. He wanted Cannoneer. Why he wanted the Cannoneer to win, he was probably hoping Cannoneer would knock Whitaker out and so that way he could face Cannoneer because he probably knows that Whitaker is a better fighter than Cannoneer, and I believe it, and we saw it. Whitaker is the best fighter besides Adesanya in that division. I think if there's any 185-pound fighter to beat Adesanya, it's going to be Whitaker. Whitaker's a beast. He's made for wars, and I think he deserves the rematch against Adesanya, and I think this time around it could be very different. I think he wasn't in the right headspace last time, and I think he'll approach a game plan a little bit different. I'd very like to see him get the rematch, and I think that's what's next. As long as Adesanya doesn't go up to 205, which he might, and he might do it soon, and it might work out timeline with Whitaker. I know Whitaker wants to take off some time uh, over the holidays and then probably fight, you know, relatively early next year. So it could work out. Adesanya could work, fight by the end of the year or early next year and then end up fighting Whitaker after. So it works out. But I do think, in my mind, and a lot of people probably disagree with me, but I think Adesanya is kind of wanting to avoid Whitaker. He feels like he already beat him, he caught him. He doesn't want Whitaker again. He doesn't want an improved Whitaker. He doesn't want a better mental Whitaker. He just doesn't want Whitaker again. And that's just my opinion. But what a performance by the Reaper. I am a huge fan of him. He's one of my favorite fighters. I'm happy he beat Jared Cannonier. And, you know, I I think we'll see Jared Cannonier again. He's showing that he's uh, improving. You know, he looks good at that weight. Um, You know, and he's now the number two ranked guy. And I'd love to see him fight Paulo Costa. Uh, Paul Costa just lost against the champion. Whitaker, uh, just lost against Whitaker. Why not make that a fight? You know, we're probably going to see Till versus Hermanson, number four, number uh, versus number six. So why not put the number two and number three together? I think it, it it's great. I'd like to see it. And you also have Yoel Romero in there. We'll see about that too. But I think you know maybe he needs to fight someone lower, get a win, boost himself up. But I like the Cannoneer versus Paul Costa fight. And I think Cannoneer will want to get back in there relatively soon. Before that, in the heavyweight division, you had Alexander Volkov defeating Walt Harris by KO. Uh, Very impressive performance, in my opinion. Um, Second round KO. Um, You know, Alexander Volkov... His striking looked very crisp in the first round. And you know Walt Harris can be very dangerous uh, in the first round as well. But Volkov went at him. You know, Volkov used his his reach and really stayed out of harm's way for the most part. Uh, outstriked Walt Harris very much so and, and was attacking the body. And that's how he got the victory in the second round. You know, he, he had that leg kick to uh, the body of Walt Harris and got him hurt and then you know put the barrage of punches on him and the ref stopped it very good performance by Volkov you know I think Walt Harris needs to take a little bit of a step 
back for a minute. You know, he's on two losses. I do think he's very good. He looked very fit. He came in lighter this this time. I think he needs to take a, a step back, fight one of these up-and-coming guys. You know, he's very dangerous. I, I believe he could get a knockout relatively soon. So, you know, fight not someone super high up. Build up your wins. You know, he, he's he's now 13-9. and nine. He really needs to build up some wins. And for Volkov, you know, this puts him... He's he's right up there in the in the talks with the top contenders, you know. Um, I'd like to see him. It, it, it's tough. Maybe an Alistair Overeem, um, maybe a Junior Dos Santos. You know, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure because you got to see how the heavyweight division is going to play out. You know, we got to see Francis Ngannou take on Stipe uh, and then see what goes on from there. You know, we, we need to see some fights. We need to uh, see some other fights play out. I, I know, you know, you got to see where Lewis and Jorginho Rosenstrike and Blades finish out. You know, maybe Rosenstrike's a guy too. There's, there's some names up there, but you got to see how the next couple fights are going to play out. Who wins, who doesn't. And I think there's definitely some good fights for, for Volkov uh, with his striking. I know he wants to try and get a, a chance at the belt. So do other people. So we'll see. Uh, but definitely there is some opportunities for him moving forward. Uh, in the middleweight division, you had in the previous fight, you had Philip Hawes absolutely destroying Jacob Malkoon. Uh 18 seconds of the first round. I mean, he just went at him absolutely went at him and put him out put his lights out very fast uh Malkoon, you know he only had four fights leading up to this fight um four victories and you know philip Hoss showing his power showing that he's pretty legit in the middleweight division um very built for the division and he's got power you know but i, I i'm i i'm excited to see someone meet his match you know what i mean um, someone that, that's not going to be able to be put out right away. Um, and I, there's definitely a lot of middleweights in that division for him to get, you know, have a harder fight. Uh, and also, you know, that a lot of fighters fold under the pressure and then just a barrage of punches will put him out. And that's kind of what we saw this fight, but you know, Phil pause is going to have some challenging fights ahead of him, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Warren Murphy defeated Lilia Shakarova um, in round two with a rear naked choke. Very impressive. Uh, she was, in my opinion, winning, you know, the whole fight leading up to it. Uh, Shakarova, I don't know why I'm having a hard time with that name. But uh, Shakarova was throwing just too much in her strike. She was trying to throw too much power. Um and she was 0 for 3 for takedowns. You know, she's got good ground game. She really needed to try and get to it. Uh, Lauren Murphy, obviously the favorite and, and uh, preparing really for any any opponent because a couple dropped out before this. Um, looked good, looked sharp, and she's proving that, you know, she's a threat in the flyweight uh, division for women. Um, I'm excited to see what's next for her. And, you know, she got her first submission win. So credit to her and she's obviously improving which is always good to see in, in a fighter and for the first fight of the night 
Magomed Ankalev had a beautiful knockout finish against Ian Kudaleba. You know, I, I've been... <laughs> this fight has been scheduled, the rematch, that is, has been scheduled three times, and I've stuck with Kudaleba to win each of the three times just because I was hoping... Well, not hoping, but for some reason I just like Kudaleba, and I thought that he was going to catch Ankalev with a knockout. You know, I, I, the first round kind of went the way I thought it would. I thought that they kind of would... Uh, be slow to start and then they would throw some bombs and um but Ankalev caught Kudaleba and put him out and it was a beautiful performance and Magomed is obviously a very dangerous fighter very legit I'm very excited to see what's next for him you know I I think it's time to put him against someone pretty legit um before that fight he was ranked number 11 I think you can put him up against maybe like a Johnny Walker or maybe even a uh yuri Prokecha, but we'll see you know you could also develop him slower and for kudaleba he could fight another non-ranked opponent and I, I i think it'll he'll bounce back but uh crisp striking for ankalev and we knew that we knew he was the more crisp striker but for some reason i just had a feeling kudaleba was gonna throw wildly like he did in the first time and i thought he would catch him but Obviously, I was wrong. For the heavyweight division, you have Stefan Struve losing to Taya Tuivasa uh, by KO. And Tuivasa looked very good. Um, you know, he made a transition to, to work with uh, and train with AKA a little bit. And I think it definitely helped him. He looks more fit. He said he changed his diet leading up to this fight. He's now 11-3. and three. Uh, You know, I liked everything I saw for Tuivasa. And I'm, I I... I'm excited to see what's next for him. He was on a three-fight losing streak, and now he's kind of back beating, you know, uh, a very, uh, you know, a guy in Stefan Struve who's got some names on his list that he's won. You know, he's got 33 victories. He's got a decent resume. So that win for Tuivasa was quite impressive, and I'm excited to see you know, what's going to be next for him. Uh, I, I think throw him in there against, you know, another guy who's who's kind of got a vet uh, name um, and make it happen, you know. For me, before it was announced, I definitely thought Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny was the fight of the night. Uh, very close fight. Casey Kenny did pull out the unanimous decision. Um, but a very good fight overall, you know. I do think that the takedowns, uh did help kenny uh but striking wise it was very close um i think the body work from kenny on wood was also helped him get the win but wood threw a lot of a lot of lead kicks he landed 57 now they weren't all very detrimental leg kicks they were very kind of soft in my opinion they were just touching his leg but kenny threw some nice head strikes so did wood i think kenny threw more powerful strikes and it kind of just looked like gave kenny the edge um both of these guys are very good fighters in the you know this was a catchweight fight but they are normally bantamweight fighters um i'm excited to see both of these guys get in there again you know casey kenny has a lot of options um i'd like to see him take on you know someone in the bottom of the division maybe marab um and nathaniel would get him another opponent like casey kenny if he can you know i'd like to see these guys fight again couple notable names you know you got shavkat uh rakamanov who defeated 
Alex Oliveira by uh, Guillotine Choke. He's definitely someone to look out for. He's 13-0. He's from Kazakhstan. Uh, I definitely... I think he's going to become a dangerous fighter um, just by his style. And, you know, he's undefeated for a reason, and he's been beating tough guys. And, you know, Alex Oliveira is a vet. So get Shavkat against uh, another vet, and let's see what he can do. And the other notable name on the prelims is Miranda Maverick. Um, I like what I saw from her. Her striking looked good. I think she has a good ground game. She's 10-2, and two, and I'm excited to see what's next for her. You know, she's a teacher, and uh, she's been training while she's been teaching. So I couldn't imagine what she can do when she's just focusing all of her focus on fighting. You know, these fights uh, I mentioned are were on the prelims, but very good fights. Overall, a very good pay-per-view. Uh, you know... Beautiful fights, uh, and obviously a beautiful main event and finish for Khabib and for his, you know, end of his career. Absolute beautiful stuff. You know, that was UFC 254 pay-per-view, Khabib versus Gaethje. And uh, last thing I'm going to touch on before I wrap it up, I know it's been a little bit of a longer episode than normal, but we have an opening in the lightweight division. Habib won, so Habib's now going to vacate the title. I'm assuming they'll do it relatively soon now that he just retired. But that Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier matchup has never looked more important or right. Um, you know, I think they are waiting to make that matchup to see the result of this fight, but I think it makes most sense, you know. I think Conor probably is the best 55er, in my opinion, right now, now that Habib is gone. And uh, I've told you guys that I think McGregor versus Poirier is a great fight. And, uh, you know, but you have a couple other guys. So let's say they make that fight for the scrap. You know what I mean? Which I think makes most sense. But you have a couple other options, you know. And and not options for the title, well, you do. But just op- options in general. I mean, there is guys in the 55 division ready to fight and looking to get that title, you know. Justin Gaethje is looking for probably a fight. He wants to get his scrap. And uh, he beat Ferguson. And I know Ferguson's looking to get back. Now, you have a guy who was the backup for this past weekend's pay-per-view main event in Michael Chandler. You know, Michael Chandler could face Tony Ferguson. But for me, I think more of a smart matchup is Justin Gaethje. Because if you make the fight between Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler, there's really no one for Gaethje. If you make the Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor fight, then Gaethje's just sitting and waiting because he's not going to fight anyone but those four guys, and he already beat Tony Ferguson. So unless you want to make Justin Gaethje wait, I'd probably match him up against Michael Chandler. Now, does the Dustin Poirier fight versus McGregor happen? Well, I think so, but if it doesn't, then one of those guys could fight Gaethje as well. We kind of have to wait until they announce one of the fights to then predict the rest of the stuff. But any combination of these you could really make happen. You could make Connor versus Gaethje. You could make the rematch of Poirier versus Gaethje. I think that would be good too. You know, I think Ferguson is kind of in a, in a tough position. I think it's Michael Chandler or none of those guys. I think then it's a Dan Hooker or Charles Oliveira. You know, he just he lost the Gaethje who lost the Khabib. You know, he's in a tough spot right now. 
So for Gaethje, I truly believe it's it's either McGregor or Poirier or Chandler, or that's it, you know. And for Poirier, it's <laughs> look, Michael Chandler could really fight any of these guys, any of these top four: Gaethje, Poirier, Ferguson, and McGregor. He could fight any of those guys. Ferguson, I, I, it's tough. I really only see him fighting Chandler or, or below top four, you know. And McGregor, I only see him fighting for the belt, whoever they decide to put him against. So it's a mix match. I know I might have been really confusing with everything I just said, but it, it, it's really a mix match. You know, we need to see who the UFC schedules for the belt or just schedules in the lightweight division next, you know, and then we can really pick out the rest of the guys and decide, okay, this makes sense. You know what I mean? And obviously at the end of the day, the UFC is going to do what the UFC wants to do, but exciting times in the lightweight division, exciting times in the UFC, beautiful pay-per-view of UFC 254, beautiful fights, beautiful main event, Khabib retired, and it's crazy, you know, a lot of guys have retired. Henry Cejudo, uh, obviously Habib, you know, Daniel Cormier. I think there's one other guy that I'm not remembering right now, unfortunately. But all these guys have retired, you know, 2020. It's been a crazy year. It's been crazy times in the UFC. Beautiful fights. That was episode 18. I'll catch you guys later this week covering... Another guy who's planning on retiring, Anderson Silva, who's taking on Uriah Hall in next weekend's UFC fight night. I'll catch you guys later. Thank you for tuning in.